and welcome into a special episode of Turning the Corner, a Detroit Tigers podcast. Cody and I are recording just before 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. We are less than a half hour removed from the Detroit Tigers selecting Jackson Job, a prep pitcher from Oklahoma City Heritage Hall High School in Oklahoma City. Uh, just now, right when I invited Cody into this Zoom, there were sirens going off in my neighborhood, and I think that's a metaphor, because uh, I think there are sirens going off in Tiger's Twitter right now. Uh, just to recap real quick, uh, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Pirates shocked uh, most of us, if not all of us, by taking Henry Davis, the catcher from Louisville. The uh, Texas Rangers at number two overall went chalk, did the expected thing by taking uh, Jack Leiter, and that left Marcelo Meyer sitting there waiting. The Tigers, we knew they loved him. He was there for them, and they went with Job, and uh, Detroit is burning, So, at least on Twitter. So, Cody, uh, we're, we're raw in the emotions of it right now. Um, I can see the look on your eyes. You're still just like, whoa, oh my God. Like This was a crazy beginning of the draft. Uh, just take, take me through what you're thinking right now. Who says the MLB draft isn't lit? Who says it's not an event? This is crazy. Uh, we've talked about a lot of the different scenarios over the past couple of weeks. We knew the Tigers loved Jackson Job. There had been just enough uh, kind of build up in the last couple days to make me think they were actually leaning toward Brady House. As of this morning, going into the afternoon, I started hearing some loud whispers that no, it was going to be Job. Uh, wasn't entirely shocked by that, especially if Meyer and Leiter were gone. Uh, the more and more research I've done on Job, I didn't completely hate it, despite the rather insane risk of taking a prep arm number three overall. Prep arms bust at a much higher rate than other players. If you just look at the history of the draft, I wrote about that a couple of weeks ago. But then when the Pirates take Henry Davis number one overall, you know, I thought Alavila must have been in Lakeland just doing backflips. Um, and then, you know, when the Rangers do not take Marcelo Meyer, Marcelo Meyer, the prep shortstop out of the San Diego area, he was kind of the Tigers' first love of this draft class. He's a shortstop. He's got good feet. He's got a good hit tool. He's going to grow into more power. Um, but it tells you just how deeply the Tigers fell in love with Jackson Job. He, uh, he drew them away from even Marcelo Meyer, um, Tigers Twitter is indeed just burning. Uh, I've tried to kind of explain the pick. It sounds like the Tigers are going to sign Job to an underslot deal, meaning presumably they have more money available at picks 32 and 39. Perhaps they end up grabbing a shortstop there. We will see. Uh, but I think there are two ways to view it. One, this is insane. This is risky. This is crazy that they would have taken them over Meyer and Leiter. Uh, number two is so ballsy and so risky. I kind of admire it. We talked about risk on this podcast. We talked about some risks in my personal life that have not worked out lately so far. The Tigers bet on their scouts. They doubled down and they do not seem to give a damn what the rest of the baseball industry thinks. No one else had Joe ranked quite this highly. No one would have seen the Tigers taking him over Marcelo Meyer. Uh, but the Tigers view Job as more polished than Josh Beckett when uh, 
A lot of Tigers front office members drafted him when he was with the Marlins. One scout says if there's anyone in this class who could be Verlander, it's Jackson Job. That is some lofty potential to live up to. High school arms can get hurt. Their velocity can diminish. But I think the other thing I really came back to, especially when I just thought it was going to be Job versus House, there's nothing glaring that is wrong with Jackson Job's game. He has uh, three pitches, his fastball and slider grayed out at 70 or above, his changeup. I'd probably grade a 60. Some people have given it a 70. He started throwing a curveball too. So it sounds like his arsenal is already deeper, more well-rounded than Matt Manning's. He has pretty good command for a high school kid. Uh, he can he can sit 94 to 96. He's touched 99. His frame is still filling out. He's at least 6'2", maybe 6'3". Um, I guess some scouts have some minor mechanical quibbles with his delivery. It looks pretty fluid and athletic to me and, you know, little mechanical things. I think any pitcher will work out at the minor league level, whereas a guy like House had a, a real bad hitch in his swing, a tendency to swing and miss. I don't think Meyer had any glaring holes, but my understanding is that there was just enough doubt about his ability to hit, and the Tigers were so confident in Job that they viewed him as a little bit more of a sure thing. So just some notes about Job from the broadcast of MLB Network. They had compared him to Walker Bueller, and uh, John Smoltz did a little, you know, short little segment. I'm going to paraphrase some of the things that John Smoltz said. As good as any high school arm that I've seen, I being John Smoltz, uh, not a lot of flaws, and what separates him is the command of his slider. Uh, stats in high school are meaningless, but just for um, just for the record, this year he had a uh, .13 ERA, 122 strikeouts, and just over 50 innings pitched. Uh, I really only note that because if you're taking someone third overall you would probably like to see some numbers similar to that Oklahoma is a talented uh, baseball state in the uh, in the prep department both Oklahoma State and Oklahoma are riddled with Oklahoma players uh, so it's not like he was going up against scrubs uh, but I, I still considered myself really shocked I, I've been up since 3:30 this morning because we had a storm so therefore my dog Merle wouldn't go to sleep he was clawing me on the bed so I just you know, I've been up since 3.30. I was getting a little tired. And then Henry Davis goes number one. And that was the best jolt of caffeine I've ever had, man. I was like, oh, dang. We, we're we in this. And then I, I'm telling my fiance, I was like, they're gonna, they're not going to take Meyer. I was like, they're, like it, it's, it's only gotten so much weird. They're, they're probably going to take Job. And, uh, and as we've discussed before, highest high school pitcher taken since Hunter Green. That's obviously at best an incomplete. Uh, I'm texting with a couple baseball buddies of mine, and uh, I'm like, you know, this this draft pick gets, uh, you know, this is the same staff that identified Josh Beckett, as you said. And uh, and then my buddy goes, this is a name I haven't heard in a million years. Uh, yeah, well, they also drafted Kyle Sleeth third overall. Yikes. I was like, dang. I mean, talk about the highs and lows. He wasn't a prep arm, but just in general, he was just trying to dog me a little bit. He was a college guy. Uh, but anyway, I mean, this was this this was great theater. This was great for baseball. Uh, I think the point you had, Cody, there was great when you say, like, there aren't really any flaws to his game or at least major hiccups to his game and the profile that we that with the information we have access to. And if you're taking someone with really high upside, which by all accounts he has really high upside, 
and and he doesn't have any like real flaws. I mean, that's kind of a makeup of a third overall pick, in my opinion. And you know, the Meyer thing, Tigers fans will always you know compare him to Meyer. I mean, who knows? I I don't really want to come on here and and dog the pick itself on the prejudice of it's a high school arm. I just kind of feel like, as I said on a previous podcast, like you wouldn't take Justin Fields eight overall if you were the Bears. You trade up because he went to Ohio State. I, I just I think it that's an oversimplification. Um, so like I said, it, his stuff is amazing um, on paper. His potential is high and. We're not even close to knowing what kind of pitcher he can be because he hasn't dedicated himself full time, uh, really, up until the past like 12, 18 months. And I, if you take out the whole like Meyer thing and you just look at this in a vacuum, this is, in my opinion, a fine pick to make. And again, one of your best assets as an organization is Chris Fetter. And now, if he, if he, through working in spring training and implementing a pitching program, can get the most out of Jackson Job and the Scooble and Mises and Mannings, you know, continue to ascend at the pace that they are, you're looking at, in several years, having a pretty loaded staff. And the Dave Dombrowski moniker of you can never have enough arms, it plays out right here, man. It's, it's crazy, and... In a way, I've been critical that the Tigers centered their rebuild around starting pitching because pitching is so volatile. That's the opposite of what the Cubs did. Now, granted, the uh, the Cubs won a world title, and now they're about to tear things down again. So it's not like that was the end-all, be-all uh, model. But even the Astros, it was a little more well-rounded, but really based off bats and, and hitters. The Tigers need hitters. Their, short, their system could use a shortstop. I think, if anything, this puts more pressure on ownership to go get a shortstop this offseason. Because uh, if you sign to Carlos Correa, then then you don't necessarily need a minor league shortstop quite as badly. Uh, but this is, I don't know, like it is crazy. It is shocking. I'm not here to knock the pick. I think especially if Meyer and Leiter were taken, I wouldn't really have much of an issue with it. Now, the fact that they were taken is indeed, uh, they, or they weren't taken is indeed crazy. That's how much the Tigers like Job. Uh, but I will say I've done some reporting on Jackson Job. There's a story up on The Athletic right now kind of about his somewhat uncanny rise. This kid was always a well-thought-of player, a draftable player. He's committed to Ole Miss. But usually these top 10 level picks are kind of considered top 10 picks for a couple of years um, on their way up. Job really wasn't until like the past six months when he dedicated himself to pitching, became a starting pitcher, stretched himself out. He really caught the eye of teams, um, you know, a little bit after his sophomore year, but more so the summer after his junior year when he was throwing at, at big tournaments, perfect game showcases. And he's thrown in front of the track man radars. The, the crazy thing about Job is his spin rates. That's obviously, uh, in vogue is what makes a good pitcher these days. His slider probably averages around uh, 3,100 RPM. So there's a lot of spin on that ball, a lot of movement on that ball. Same with his fastball, a lot of ride through the zone. 
Uh, in the year 2020, the, the leading average slider spin rate uh, was Trevor Bauer at about 2,900. So Jackson Job conceivably could have the highest spin slider in all of baseball right now. That is, that is how elite his spin rates are, and, and that is the case for all of his other pitches as well. You go watch some video. The slider is pretty sick. Again, the command, I think, is a big deal. He's been known to throw it in. 2-0 counts, uh, so it's not just this chase, swing and miss, breaking ball that a lot of high school kids have. He's pretty confident in it. He's the son of Brant Job, a, uh, a PGA golfer, so he has some some dedication, some professional athlete uh, bloodlines, you know, in his DNA. And I talked on the phone with Jackson Job, and I have to say, I was pretty impressed with the kid. Sometimes in this industry, especially being a former college football beat writer you talk to these kids that are 17 18 19 and a lot of times you can tell they're 17 18 19 uh it happens in baseball too every now and then you get a kid where it's like oh this is this is very impressive casey mize comes to mind a kid that from day one just had this polish this maturity about him i don't think joe was quite the analytical genius that casey mize kind of comes off as but he had this level of maturity and calm and poise and he, he really being from Oklahoma he hasn't uh and being somewhat of a late bloomer he's done some interviews some press but he hasn't really been overexposed like some of these other draft picks and he didn't at all seem in, in, um intimidated or nervous on the phone he seemed very much himself he was he came off to me as very mature sometimes you can tell talking to a kid so when I hung up the phone I kind of went oh like that was that was a little more impressive than I would have guessed just based on the general nature of talking to high school kids. Um, so I don't know. I think that's uh, that's kind of what we know about Jackson Job right now. It'll be really interesting to see how he gets indoctrinated into the system. Again, the Tigers are expected to sign him for an underslot deal. They will still have to sway him from his commitment to Ole Miss, but I would imagine there's a, a handshake agreement in place there. Uh, so that, yeah, I think I'm exhausting my initial reaction now. It's, it's about time to catch, catch our breaths a little bit. Well, real quick, um, can you just explain a little bit more for people that maybe are a little less familiar with like under slot and like what that really means? Um, and is the, cause the initial reaction given ownership for the past couple years, like the initial reaction is that's going cheap. Uh, that's not really what that means, Cody, right? Yeah, yeah. Going under slot in the draft is rarely, if ever, um, an indication of going cheap. Like the Orioles did it last year with Heston Kerstad. They just did it this year with uh, the kid they took at five or six, or I'm, I'm all out of sorts now. But what you do, each team has an allotted slot value that they are basically a, a slot pool that they are allowed to spend on draft picks. Um, each pick comes with a recommended slot value. Teams can sometimes go over slot. Uh, if you go like more than 5% over slot, you can incur a penalty. So that doesn't happen very often. But if you go under slot, what you can do is use the money you save to spend a little more later in the draft. The Tigers, for example, have picks 32 and 39. There's some prep shortstops out there. Uh, Michigan's Alex Mooney being one of them who you know, might take a little more cash to be swayed from their college commitments. So uh, if the Tigers were to get Mooney or a Trey Sweeney or some of these other guys, 
that will happen because they went under slot at three. It's a basically a way of spreading your money around in the draft um, a little bit more with the thought that you can get better overall talent, especially kind of in that second, third, fourth round range. Um, and that's usually spent on high school players, although not all the time. Uh, it's also somewhat notable because the Tigers, again, sometimes they get perceived as cheap. They don't normally go under slot in the draft. I mean, I was talking to people um, about a month or so ago. It was like, no, that's not even like a factor for us. We're going to go slot value. I think that's an indication of how much they liked Job. I don't think the money was so much of a determining factor as they really like Job. And if you can get them under slot and spread that around, um, all the better. Maybe it came down to a little bit of a price tag discussion. Like if Meyer's going to be a little more expensive than Job, how much more do we like Meyer than Job? Obviously it wasn't enough and uh, would not be at all surprised to see the Tigers take a shortstop at either 32 or 39. So they must again think that whoever's available in that part of the draft isn't maybe that much worse or that much harder to project at least, let's say, than than Marcelo Meyer. Um, it's pretty crazy. Again, it's risky. It's not what a lot of us expected. Twitter's burning. The Tigers front office is going to get criticism. But I wouldn't say that I don't understand it at least a little bit. Now, if Jackson Job gets Tommy John or he flames out in four years, we can do all the, uh, the revisionist history criticizing this draft. For right now, it's just kind of a spectacle. I think it's really interesting, and uh, I would say give Jackson Job a chance. Go look at some of the video on this kid. He's pretty entertaining to watch. I did like him more than Brady House, who's, I thought, just honestly had a pretty ugly swing. I don't know that I like him more than Meyer, but I can see uh, I can see why it was close without any doubt. And again, there's no, there's no real hole in his game. The only knock on Job is that he's a high schooler. Uh, so again, it's a bet. It's kind of going against what the percentages say. Um, and it's so much of a bet in an industry where some teams will not take a high school arm in the first round or will not take a high school arm in the first 15 picks. It's kind of given, given the finger to the rest of the industry a little bit, which might be insane, but uh, kind of gutsy, kind of respected. So yeah, so just think of it as sort of like a salary cap when you're putting together your draft class. And Maybe this plays a factor in it. Uh, now with the NCAA having the name image likeness thing, there's a little bit more leverage for the high That's school true. kids that will get drafted a little bit later and the college kids that will get drafted a little bit later. So if you if you can save a little bit here and then you know use it to make sure you can get your guy that you also really like and uh, you know some of the other early rounds. You know, I, I get it. I think it's I think it's defensible. Uh, we won't know how much uh, that played into it. Uh, Al's gonna come on um, and say like, you know, we we took the best player, our favorite player, and and that'll be that. But the upside's there. The the notion of getting you know as many arms as you can is there. The risk is also there. I can't say that I hate it. I overall, I'm just kind of juiced that we had a really good top of the draft. And uh, just for the record, as of now, when we record at about 8:15 uh, Eastern Time, uh, Kumar Rocker went to the uh, went to the Mets at 10, and House has not been drafted yet. So tells you what other teams think of Brady House. So I, I I have to imagine that once the initial shock uh, subsides a little bit, 
there'll be a little bit more positive reaction to taking uh, Job over House, but we'll see. And I, I think that's somewhat notable with Meyer too. If Meyer were uh, for sure the next Alex Rodriguez, you know, there were two other teams that also passed on Meyer. Three teams passed on Meyer before before uh, he goes to the Sox. So it's interesting. Yeah, and you know, it's a it's always a crapshoot. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, everybody's gonna armchair GM this, and that's fine. That's good. That's what we do. That's that's good for the sport. Uh, but there's a lot to like about Job, and if you get over like this fascination with uh, Marcelo Meyer, I think you can easily fall in love with the potential of Jackson Job. So, uh, Cody, is there anything else you wanted to add before you get get to more work? I I, I just want to say I think the NBA draft is going to be so much more boring than this. I mean, come on. Pistons fans better pray that the beginning of the uh, of the NBA draft this year is not this no, interesting. If the NBA, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right. Well, uh, this has been a special uh, breaking news episode of Turning the Corner. We recorded our normal uh, weekly episode beforehand, and that will also be up at the same time as this one, so you get a full range of uh, Detroit Tigers uh, all-star break uh, content, and then you have this. So this was a lot of fun. I didn't think I was gonna. I didn't think there was gonna be this much to talk about here. So uh, overall, uh, we're in the interesting business, Cody. This stuff was uh, hella interesting. So for Cody Stavenhagen, I'm Kieran Steckley. Thank you for listening.